Welcome to the McGuire Iron Podcast. My name is Brian Cooper. I am the Director of Marketing at McGuire Iron and your host for this podcast. On this episode, we will discuss COVID-19 and the impacts it is having on Tenemic with the Vice President of Operations for Tenemic, Corey Brown. With over 20 years in the coating industry, Corey Brown understands the critical role of quality coating technology and well-rounded technical support. His experience as a member of the Tenemic team includes seven years as a senior technical service representative and five years as a production supervisor responsible for managing the daily operations of three departments at Tenemic. Corey is a certified coatings inspector with NACE International and is active in the Society for Protective Coatings. Brown graduated from Park University in Parkville, Missouri with a bachelor's degree in business administration and recently received his MBA from University of Missouri, Kansas City. Corey, thank you for joining me on the McGuire Iron Podcast. Sure, Brian. Thank you very much for having me. For those people who don't know, give us the background on Tenemic, who you guys are, and what you do. Sure, yeah. Well, Tenemic Company uh, has been around since 1921. Um, one of the first products that we manufactured had cement in it, uh, in a long oil alkyd coating, and um, cement has rust-inhibitive properties. And so reversing the letters of cement brought about the name of the company. That's one of those names that people look at and don't always notice right away that that's actually cement spelled backwards. So that's kind of the backstory of how the company got its name. Um, that sort of being an innovative product in the, in the world of coatings, and we've, we've kept up with that rich reputation over the years. We uh, feel like we're a pretty innovative tech, uh, technology company. We tend to think of ourselves also as the quality leader in the world of coatings. And we provide uh, paints and coatings mostly for steel and concrete. Uh, but protection is a big deal to us. And, uh, you know, we, we tend to, to believe that that protection extends to owners' investments of large assets and also uh, largely to the reputation of folks who design things like critical infrastructure and architecture. Um, we manufacture and distribute uh, domestically in the United States as well as internationally um, around the globe. And I am currently serving as a vice president of operations. I started with Panemic Company in 1996, um, actually started out in the factory. And I've, I always tell people I kind of feel like I, I was born and raised at Panemic Company. Uh, I've been here since I was about 18 years old. And uh, everything I know about coatings, I learned right here at Tanima Company. Uh, it's been a great place for me to grow and, and learn, and they've provided me lots and lots of opportunities. So I feel very, very fortunate to have landed here and uh, been able to grow with Tanima Company over the years. That's awesome. Right now, as you know, we're all going through something that none of us has ever seen before in the COVID-19 pandemic. Talk about Tanemic and you know, there's been classifications given to different businesses, and I assume because you guys supply coatings for so many different industries that you are classified as an essential business by the government. Is that correct? Yeah, um, we are. We um, we try to follow as closely as we can uh, the CSIA guidelines that were issued by Homeland Security uh, back at the beginning of, of the, uh, the pandemic. That document actually has some really good definitions and guidance in it. Um, and in there, they have a definition for critical manufacturing. 
Uh, and if you look closely at that, um, you'll see that it lists all all the parts of the economy that, that are considered critical infrastructure. And if you are part of the supply chain for critical infrastructure, then you, you meet the definition for critical manufacturing. And uh, the CSIA guidelines list almost all of Tanemic's core markets under that, uh, that definition for critical infrastructure. So we've been able to lean on that guidance um, and, and make that case for ourselves um, to keep our, our manufacturing locations open, our distribution centers open, uh, and, and keep the freight lines moving our products to the folks that truly need them to keep their projects moving. I'm sure that you know it's great to be under that guidance uh, by the federal government, but it also has got to be challenging for Tanemic because it has to have changed some of the ways that you guys do business. Uh, truly, yes, uh, us as well as I think you know everyone um, in the world really is really having to adapt to new ways of doing business. Uh, I mentioned the, the federal guidance there being uh, something that we lean on heavily, but. Truly, uh, guidance can come at all levels of government in the United States. We have uh, an environmental health and safety department, which is really dedicated to keeping us informed uh, about the spread of COVID-19 and also about the guidelines uh, at all the specific places where we operate. Um, it is challenging, as you, as you mentioned, because things can change rapidly at times. Um, but our environmental department does a great job of keeping us updated, and we uh, remain committed uh, to keeping our workers safe and keeping our facilities open. How are some of the ways that you guys are keeping your workers safe and your facilities, like you said, operating? Well, it's probably a really long response, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> we have, uh, like so many people, I think, across America, um, one of one of the things that we've done is, is try to find ways for people to do their jobs remotely. Um, we have more people uh, performing their duties from home now than we ever have. Uh, we have whole departments uh, that have found that they can be quite efficient at performing their duties and working from home. Um, our IT staff, when this all uh, started, uh, were very well prepared, um, and they've been able to support us um, in various ways with, with new technologies, um, new platforms that we can use to, to host meetings. And though we are in many ways farther apart than we've ever been, uh, we still feel very connected because of those technologies uh, that they've been able to, to roll out. So remote work, I guess, is, is one of those ways that we've been able to keep folks safe. Um, but as you well know, there are many folks who, who cannot perform their duties from home. And those, those people need to be on site in order to keep manufacturing going, distribution going, and things like that. So in, in, for those folks, it becomes all about what kind of safety precautions can we provide. Um, if we think back to the, the beginning of the pandemic, right, the guidance that we were that we were given from the from the very beginning still remains probably one of our best defenses against COVID-19, and that's just simple personal hygiene. Um, things like washing hands and and using hand sanitizer on a regular basis is what we're told is a great way to keep people safe. So uh, we keep up on our supplies, and we encourage um, that at all of our facilities as a you know as a bare minimum. Uh, after that came social distancing, uh, that buzzword that we all hear constantly in our lives right now. 
Um, and we've had to, you know, do a great number of things to help make sure that we're, we're keeping people socially distanced. Um, we have uh, one of the major decisions we made early on was to sp- suspend our sick time policies. Uh, we wanted to make sure that workers felt comfortable taking time off if they didn't feel well, if they had a fever. You know, we didn't want to take the risk that someone would, uh, if they woke up with a fever, swallow some Tylenol or something to reduce their fever and come on to work. So suspension of sick time policies was was an important decision for us in making workers feel like they had uh, the full ability to take time off as they needed. Um, we were able to reach out to the healthcare profession um, and actually uh, obtain someone who could come and, and provide health care to um, our people on site. So we have a nurse um, who is able to take temperatures um, and, and provide that basic, you know, blood pressure, basic health care to our, to our people, which really gives everyone a nice peace of mind. Um, they're also available by, by phone for, for people who are working remotely. Um, very quickly, we realized that we were going to need to be flexible with schedules. Um, for one, the schools were canceling, so we had a lot of workers who were going to have childcare needs, and we knew that we needed to be flexible with people's schedules and allow them to stay home and take care of their families. Um, and so we, we were able to do that. We were able to move shifts around where we needed to and really uh, provide flexible work hours for folks. Um, while people are on site, we needed to stagger break times um, and provide ways that we could fit everyone's break time in and keep the minimum number of people together and, and keep them socially distanced. So we've got social distancing rules for common areas um, as well as the work areas in the factories and distribution centers. Um, some of the more recent changes that have been updated in, in state guidelines as well as federal guidelines are, are ways to make sure that we're disinfecting hard surfaces. So we disinfect um, all of the hard surfaces in our factories and distribution centers once each 24 hours. That's what's recommended um, by the CDC. We've also hired a firm um, that comes into our office areas and disinfects disinfects our office areas with a special fogging solution. Um, And they do that once a week to literally uh, disinfect every hard surface in in our office areas. Um, we um, found ways to increase our purchasing and distribution of personal protective equipment, such as gloves, which was early on. And then later on, as, as um, federal and state uh, officials continue to communicate to us, we realized that face masks, of course, were going to be a com- become a part of everyone's personal protective equipment. So we've Uh, found multiple ways to distribute face masks to employees everywhere that we operate and uh, get a good supply of those. We, of course, did um, other things to try to prevent the spread, like restricting the entry of visitors uh, to our facilities. Um, We only restrict those that are are necessary to keep us operational. And uh, very recently, we've also developed a program that we use to make sure that any contractors who are coming on site are staying safe as well, which, you know, means that they're uh, subject to temperature checks and things of that nature. And we've provided them with all the PPE that we supply our workers with to make sure that when they're in our facilities, uh, taking care of maintenance issues or completing uh, capital projects, they're also being safe.
One of the most recent uh, guidelines, um, which this one appears to be challenging at times, but uh, we're all having to look now at how we can track workers' contact with one another. I think this is really important as uh, some of the deadlines in various parts of the United States are are getting ready to start uh, entering the president's phase one for reopening the economy. One of the most important things will be to track people's contact with one another. And if uh, we then have someone who tests positive for the virus, we'll be able to quickly get a hold of the people who are in close contact with them and tell them to be sure to follow the CDC guidelines on self-quarantine so that we can continue to stop the spread of COVID-19. Yeah, those are all great initiatives that Tanemic is taking to keep your workers and, you know, the people that you interact with that come into the facility safe. But, you know, how is this affecting your manufacturing process? I mean, you guys develop coatings and those have to go out the door, as you said, to continue to help and support your customers. So what, what changes have you had to make there? Brian, we've actually been pretty lucky. Um, in regards to manufacturing processes, we haven't we haven't had to change much. Uh, we're kind of lucky in the fact that uh, factories and distribution centers tend to be really large buildings uh, with big pieces of equipment in them, and they kind of lend themselves to social distancing. Really, um, it doesn't take a lot of people in a small amount of space to perform the, the duties that are uh, required to manufacture and distribute coatings. Um, there are some tricky areas, such as uh, laboratory spaces, where you mentioned, you know, we're, we're constantly trying to develop new coatings. And then uh, we also have laboratories where we're testing uh, the performance of our coatings, and we're also performing quality control checks on the manufacturing process. Those areas have been uh, a little bit more challenging. We've had to stagger some shifts. Um, we have we have some folks coming in on rolling shifts so that nobody's being exposed within that possible incubation period. Uh, we also have to increase the use of PPE in those rules and really watch for um, aggressive ways that we can social distance in some of those some of the smaller parts of the uh, facilities. But for the most part, we've been able to do that and uh, remain and keep everyone safe. How has your supply chain worked during all of this? Because as a manufacturer, you have raw materials, you have the manufacturing process, and then you have to ship those material, those finished materials to, you know, contractors across the country. And like you said, internationally, what what kind of supply chain things have you guys had to think about and adapt to during this? Well, I alluded to... um one of the one of the first challenges we had uh, earlier in our conversation when I talked about the freight lines, um, you know, in the very beginning, I think uh, companies like FedEx and some of the other major carriers across the United States were were trying to figure out: Are they hauling the right freight? You know, are they hauling the freight that true critical infrastructure project projects need? Um, so, you know, we had to communicate closely with those companies in the beginning to, you know, make the case and let them know that we indeed are part of the supply chain for critical infrastructure. Um, once we were able to accomplish that, really, um, it hasn't been too difficult. Most of our um, raw material suppliers um, realize that they're part of the supply chain for critical infrastructure also. Um, there hasn't been a huge demand increase for the things that we purchase. There have been a few. Um, one example of that is um, alcohol, as you can imagine, has become sort of scarce because 
it's part of many formulations for hand sanitizer. But um, over the years, coating technologies have changed, and we really don't use that much alcohol in paint anymore. So even that hasn't been um, a big deal for us. We've sort of changed some of the policies with delivery um, to our facilities and also uh, communicate with our freight carriers to make sure that they have um, all of the social distancing rules they need and the proper PPE when they're delivering to our customers to try to minimize contact and um, interaction with each other in, in those ways. And I know springtime is a really busy time for Tanemic. How has that taken your inventory into account and how you guys keep things stocked so that when somebody needs it, you're able to deliver in the great way you always do? Uh, that's a really great question, Brian. And uh, again, uh, Tanemic seems to have found itself uh, in, in a favorable situation in, in, many, in many cases here. Um, springtime is typically a point when we're at... Uh, sort of our peak inventory levels. We tend to spend the you know the off painting season uh, building our supply of finished goods in anticipation that when the weather breaks in you know usually March and April and all of these critical infrastructure projects begin, uh, we're well supplied. So if we happen to have uh, a disruption to our manufacturing, we feel like we could absorb it without delays to those projects. Um, we haven't had any major disruptions so far um, to our manufacturing or distribution. We feel very fortunate about that. And um, so in that in that way, we feel like we're pretty prepared. One of the other great services that Tanemic provides is your technical assistance. You know, that's one of the harder things, I would think, at this point in time, because technical assistance means being on site, helping contractors, owners of infrastructure or engineers troubleshoot problems, look at potential projects. How have you dealt with that aspect of the business? Sure. Um, you're definitely right. Um, you know, the paints and coatings that Tanemic manufacturers are technical, um, and they require uh, professional installation. And there's a lot of things from the beginning of a painting project to the end that require technical assistance on a fairly regular basis. Our technical service team has been very vigilant. Um, they have all continued to report to our offices uh, here at headquarters in Kansas City, and they stand ready. Um, we can cover any need that a customer has right now. Um, again, we feel fortunate that our headquarters is in the Midwest, um, and that's a benefit to us because there aren't as many travel restrictions from Kansas City. Um, we aren't really a hot spot for the spread of COVID-19. Um, so we have the ability to service those, those projects um, in any way that a customer needs. We have seen a major drop, though, in, in requests for field technical assistance. Um, this time of year, we normally have our technical service representatives in the field more than they're at home with their families. Uh, but this year has been, been a lot different customers. I think just haven't made the request. I think um, they're similar to what we are and they have just restricted the amount of people that they're trying to expose their workers to. And so some of those restrictions uh, come in the form of, you know, not asking us to come on site we can use um, technology, though, in, in meaningful ways. And I mentioned that earlier. Our IT team has um, 
given us the ability to provide interesting ways to solve problems. Um, video conferencing, as you know, is soaring in the in its use across the nation. Um, in many platforms such as Zoom and uh, Microsoft Teams, which are two platforms that we're using extensively, those can even be used on, on cell phones. So uh, something as simple as video conferencing um, workers on a job site could be a useful tool, um, and we could support customers in that way. You mentioned before not having as many requests for your technical services team. Does that mean you're seeing projects being put on hold, delayed, or you know, less inquiries from engineers and those? What does that look like right now for Tenemic? Yeah, um, we, we have seen a slowdown um, probably just in the last two weeks, to be honest with you, Brian. At the beginning um, of the pandemic, uh, projects were moving along quite well. Our sales forecast was, was coming in just like we thought that it would. In the past couple of weeks, though, we have we have started to see a decrease. Um, we've reached out to our uh, agencies that that sell for us, and and as well to our distributors. Um, we're looking to industry organizations like the American Coatings Association. We're reading the documents that they've published, um, and, and everyone is sort of predicting a, a downturn for a short period of time. Um, we've made some plant, some adjustments to our manufacturing plan uh, to try to try to match the slightly slower demand for the remainder of the second quarter. But we're remaining optimistic. Um, we think that Americans are determined and creative people, and we will figure out, I think, how to safely return uh, economic economic activity back in a way that doesn't leave us in a long recovery. So if our optimism proves true, um, we believe the projects that are on hold will resume and not be canceled. And if our optimism is, you know, if we're being overly optimistic, then, you know, maybe we have to adjust and, and make plans for the third and fourth quarter. But we have an amazing team uh, at Tamimic. Everyone of, in this company, from the president all the way to the newest member of the company on the front lines, Everyone is focused on making sure that we operate safely and that we deliver high-quality coatings to customers on time and in a way that's profitable for everyone. You mentioned that innovation is one of the key components of Tenemic, and it has been since you know you turned cement around backwards and made it Tenemic and have been helping the industry being on the front lines of innovation. Has this virus had your team asking different questions of, what what do coatings look like in the future, and are there ways to adapt coatings or create new coatings that may be more resistant to these type of viruses, you know, in all of the different applications that you sell coatings in? Yeah, um, well, that that is a very interesting question as well, Brian. Um, there is additives uh, that have, that were developed. Uh, years ago, to be honest with you, and, and are commercially available that, uh, that we sell and can be put into um, 100% solid uh, systems for, for flooring, for the food and beverage in industry, um, and, and we've had those readily available. We are starting to see uh, a slight tick up in the interest of those additives. 
Um, we have flooring systems um, with the antimicrobial technology that are not, not a substitute, right, for good cleaning practices, but they can be a complement to regular hygiene and sanitation practices. Um, these antimicrobial materials are homogeneously distributed throughout the film. Um, they don't leach out over time, and they remain active you know, at the surface of the coating. And what they do is they inhibit uh, those microbes from growing uh, on the coated surface. So we will continue to have those uh, available. We've got marketing literature that we can provide to anyone who's got questions about those. And as, uh, as this thing winds down and people get back to work on their projects, my guess is we probably will see um, a tick up in requests for products like that. You know, we've talked a lot about COVID-19 today, but Tanemic is focused on all kinds of other things outside of COVID-19. What are some of those things that Tanemic is looking at, working on, that, that you can tell our listeners about? Because although this has thrown a big interruption into business as usual, business still has to go on. Very true, yes. Um, I guess I can answer that question probably with three uh, sort of key key answers, Brian. We're focused uh, first and foremost in growing our business domestically. We've got um, five core markets here at Tanemic. One that you're very familiar with is the water storage market. Um, Also, we have a core market that that services the water and wastewater treatment industry. We've got our architectural segment, then uh, process and manufacturing, which we were just discussing uh, with the use of those antimicrobial additives, and then the industrial segment. So in the United States, uh, you know, we feel like the, the, the coatings market is fairly well saturated with manufacturers, but there's still, you know, a potential there to grow uh, domestically, you know, a couple of percent a year. So we, we look forward to, to growing that way. Um, second is our, our global market. Um, we have all of those same markets uh, globally, and we've, we've experienced some good growth in our Asian market recently. And so we continue to invest there and we, we continue to add to the list of customers uh, in the Asian market who are interested in, in high quality protection and in innovative technology. And the third way uh, that, that Tanemic continues to look for growth is through acquisitions. Um, we executed two acquisitions in the last two years. Um, and so we look forward to uh, continuing to grow those two investments and continuing to look for more opportunities in the industry to to invest that way. Those are great on the business side. What what innovations are you guys looking at? Because we talked about it a little earlier, but what were the things you're working on that you can let us in on that were happening before the pandemic took hold? Sure. Yeah, in- innovation is is very important um, to Tanini Company. We. Uh, tend to foster some really great relationships with with key suppliers, and you know the reason that we spend time fostering those relationships is because we want to help them uh, commercialize their latest technology, and um, we have a really patient approach to developing those technologies. We keep a really large pipeline full of uh, both um, R&D projects that are upgrades to existing technologies. But we also set aside a lot of time in our research labs uh, to make sure that we're looking for blue sky and trying to develop things that, that uh, 
quite honestly, no one even realizes they need yet. So as we, you know, continue to work on those things, we push the boundaries of what is possible and uh, try to lead the industry in, in all things that uh, where performance matters. If people want to know more about any of the subjects that we've talked about today or anything about Tanemic, where can they go to find more information about you? Well, our uh, our marketing department does a pretty good job of keeping us present on the on the internet. Um, obviously, the first place to check in with Tanemic is at our website www.tanemic.com. And as I mentioned, we are cement spelled backwards, which gives you a great uh, a great leg up on on properly spelling Tanemic, which can be tricky. <laughs> Once you're on our website, um, there are links there to all of our our social media um, platforms like Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, all of those links. If you scroll down to the bottom of our homepage, you'll find links to all those places um, as well as as other places that you can um, reach out to our local representatives. Um, There's a lookup on our website where you can try to find someone that's in your local area Give them a call, send them an email. A lot of these uh, gentlemen are and ladies are ready to come out and pay you a direct visit. If you've got some uh, project or you want to have a detailed conversation about a specific problem that you're trying to solve, um, our people are ready to meet you on site and, and show you all about that as soon as we're all unlocked and ready to visit each other again. Until then, um, YouTube is a great spot. We've got a nice YouTube channel. Um, we've posted lots of videos on that channel over the years, uh, exciting things like our Tank of the Year program, um, where you can see lots of beautiful water towers that cities have created over the years. And you can also learn about the latest and greatest technologies, such as Aerolon, which is our insulative coating, which is solving a lot of problems for folks in various ways. Corey, I appreciate you taking the time today to join us on the McGuire Iron Podcast and help us understand more about Tanemic as a company, how you guys are battling COVID-19 and the fun things that we can look for in the future coming out of Tanemic. Well, thank you very much, Brian. It's been great to talk to you, and uh, we appreciate you inviting us to talk. Remember, you can always connect with us by going to our website, mcguireiron.com. You can ask questions by sending us an email at info at or you can follow or reach out to us on any of our social media platforms. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thank you for joining us on the McGuire Iron Podcast.